Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM with myself, Kyle Teixeira, Teixeira, sitting across from me, who hopefully can say his name. I can say my name. Who? John Teixeira. John Teixeira, and We Are TPM. If you have any, this week, we are going to be talking about the time value of money. And if you have any questions about that, anything else, or just want to talk to us on a good old day, give us a call, 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm.com. I have a question about it. Yeah? Yep. What is it? <laughs> time value of money is a concept of money that you money that you have now has, is more valuable than money later. Um, and really that's because of earning potential and this is mainly when you're considering investments which we talk a lot about um but in investing and in, in financial literacy dec- decisions um time value of money is important and it can it's a very simple concept that is very complex in uh in its application <laughs> if that makes sense a very simple concept well, it's a simple description complex. of money now is is more valuable than money later Okay. Sounds simple, right? Yep. Now apply that to things and it gets a lot more complicated. So, and that's, that's what we're going to get into. I've heard this, this discussion quite a bit. I think I've always heard it as a really a kind of a philosophical discussion, not a financial one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like people, people like to philosophically put out there, would you take, would you rather have $10 a day or do you want me to give you a thousand dollars every month? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That, that kind of philosophical discussion, like, how good, what makes you feel better? How how good are you with your finances to be able to turn that into wealth, that type of thing? Yeah. And that's, that, those questions generally involve some, some attribute of time, value, money. But at the end of the day, a lot of, a lot of the different, like, especially in real estate, you know, you'll hear these gurus that all seem to have different ways of presenting how to win in real estate, right? Mm-hmm. And some of them harness the time value of money extremely. Some of them completely discount the time value of money. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest disconnect or, or difference between a lot of these different, you know, calm gurus, like what Dave Ramsey tells you to do versus what one of these other guys tell you to do um, is significantly different. Mm-hmm. So, um, but let's get into it. We, 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 I've mentioned time value money, you know, throughout a lot of our episodes and we wanted to just dive a little bit more specifically into it so you can understand it. So, um, even us sitting here have a little bit different understandings of it too. So, yeah, that's, that's makes for good discussion. Yeah, so. it does. Absolutely. So let's just start with the simple example, money now versus money later. The reason, the, the further breakdown of that is, is that money now has greater earning potential than money later. And keep that very simple. Say I had a hundred bucks now and I put it in a savings account earning, you know, 8% or 3% interest, whatever. And, or I could have a hundred bucks a year from now. This is about as simple as it can get both a hundred bucks a year from now. The hundred bucks that I put in the savings account at three percent would have had compound interest to be more than a hundred dollars um, in a year. That's the very as basic as I could put. Even it. if you didn't do anything with it, didn't, you didn't do anything it, with it, you didn't do anything. You just put it in a really low interest rate, compounding interest rate type of savings account. Yes, at the end of the day, it'd be worth more. Um, you know, and then we get into inflation and make this a lot more complicated, but just keep it very simple. It's just your simple example of why money over time will, is better than... It's about earning potential. So, okay. and where this applies, you know, 
extremely is when you're making your investment decisions. So one, I like, you know, one thing that I've had, there seems to have a lot of controversy and I've had a lot of controversial conversations about is paying off your house. Now, there's a whole bunch of people that and investors that have made good money and all that, that stand by, you have to pay off your house, pay off all your houses, whatever. Um, usually there should be a reasoning behind that investment decision. I'm of the mindset that why would you do that? Why would you pump as much money as you can into paying off your house where, you know, cause every investment is, is about exponential growth and a combination. Okay. Of I'll give you a reason growth. why, why you okay. do it. You want me to play devil's advocate? Yeah, do it. Let's go. I agree with you. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. The reason why somebody might do that is for one reason, one main reason only to feel secure about their financial situation. Yes. And I'm, we're, I'm, I'm, the time value of money is a very important investment consideration. So if you're not, most of the time you're not using it outside of investment decisions and you're talking about an emotional one. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and right. they've, do, do emotions and investments ever conflict? Uh, well, okay. Is that a good? <laughs> do they ever I, not conflict? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say the 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 uh, the question is: Should you ever consider your emotions when making an investment decision? Mm-hmm. I, I think the answer would be sometimes, but but that's a really small percentage of the time that you would allow that to happen. Okay, and let's keep let's keep trying to keep this very simple. So, say we're paying down my house. Say I have my mortgage payment. Ignore that. I want to overpay that to pay down my house faster, mm-hmm. okay? So I'm going to throw an extra $1,000 a month at my house, right? You got a big house, don't you? Until it gets paid down. You're going to pay it down quick, yeah. or you got a big house. Which which is it? You got Even a big that, house? Or $1,000, extra $1,000 is only an extra $12,000 a year. I mean, okay. you know, it, it'll get there a lot. For some people. It'll get there a lot faster, but, but hear me out. $1,000 of earning potential is going into an already active investment. So... You're you're not necessarily when you pay more towards it. You're not necessarily only only earning benefit you get is less interest over time, and it's not as nearly as big as if you were to put this into if that was seed money into other investments. That's why the money now conversation is about earning potential. So if I put a thousand bucks a month into first a uh, interest earning portfolio until it had enough money to. Um, be a down payment on another house. Now you got two houses generating mm-hmm. cash flow back to you right. and appreciation from equity and two, appreciation from inflation. You two know? growing trees of wealth. Two growing trees of wealth. And then you compound that essentially. You keep doing that extra thousand dollars a month after 10 years. You know, I said 12,000, that's 12,000 a year, right? You, sh- you could, that, that first or second year, you could probably buy one or t- two houses a year. But once you start getting the cash flow from the first one you bought and the second one you bought, now your thousand dollars a month is two thousand or three thousand or whatever, you know, fifteen hundred yeah. or yep. two thousand. Yep. And now you're getting them even quicker and quicker. And mm-hmm. th- that's the way the building your empire stuff we've talked about really works. Mm-hmm. Um, but it involves a time value of money. So when you ignore that and you just throw it, you know, into the house. Um, you could throw $12,000 a year extra into the house and pay it off 15 years sooner. Well, now you got, say it's paid off. Now you just got that house sitting there. 
not or just it, all you're getting out of it is appreciation, you know. And it, generally, people do this with the house they live in, so they're already not considering cash flow. So, well, okay. So let's talk about all the different. Let's. I, w- I want to present exactly what you just said a different way. I could take that thousand dollars a month, and I could do something else with it that makes me far more money over time than the savings from the interest that I'm I'm saving. So if I'm saving three point six five compounded, you know, annually or. 4.5 or even 6%, whatever my interest rate is, is what I'm saving by by paying that extra money down, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not paying interest on that money any longer because I've paid it down. So could I do something else with that money that makes me more than that percentage? And I think the obvious answer is absolutely, yep. depending on what you do. So you're giving great examples of buying other properties, but I would say to somebody, keep it simple. It doesn't matter what you do with it. Even if you don't buy other properties and you stick it in an IRA, in a mutual fund, in a CD, you could do almost anything and beat whatever you're currently probably paying on your mortgage, which is probably in the threes or fours. And if you're not paying in the threes and fours, then what have you been doing the last two what years? What have you been doing? Where have you been? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. But anyways, the point being that, that I mean, so maybe once interest rates get up to six and seven, maybe that conversation becomes a little bit more sensitive, right? Like, okay, so now a CD isn't going to be, isn't going to uh, out, outpace it anymore. But the point being, there are a ton of different ways to invest that prop, that money. And mm-hmm. while you and I believe the best way to do that is real estate, if that's not something that you can wrap your brain around or or pull the trigger on, you can put that money in almost anything and still do better than paying down that mortgage. Yeah. I just said the same thing you did. I just said it in a different way. That's all. Yeah. I mean, that's. Devil's advocate, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it also gives you more leverage. You know, you can compound, you know, this gets even more complex, but the same example I just used, you can, you're also compounding your, your, um, your leverage, your ability to get more money in your pocket. Uh, that's because you have more houses that's appreciating, right. gaining leverage that you can now borrow against and get more. And then, you know, just compound and exponentially grow that buying power is is really what that's about so you know what i have this conversation with investors that have cash all the time right so this same conversation and this same theory is it's really simple to me right but sometimes people come to me and say okay i've got two hundred thousand dollars so i want to go buy buy me a two hundred thousand dollar investment property mm-hmm. and i would immediately say to them why yeah why why not buy four $200,000 investment properties and leverage those properties and get mortgages on them? Mm-hmm. That's that's what I would do. Other people's money, you know, especially if you're talking about cash flow. Cash flow puts money in your pocket now. Right. And more properties in general will put more cash flow into your pocket now. And and we're not even talking about the the uh, appreciation, right? No. Appreciating appreciation. That's a, that's one we've done in the past, right? Um, so there are so many ways that, that this builds wealth for you. So the more, the, the more of them you can get, the better. But 
back to your point. I'm gonna let, let you let you take it back to to what what you what you were getting at. Time value. <laughs> Go. You said I was going deep, so you know. The, I'm trying not to get away from our topic. Yeah, I mean, even if you pay two, you know, I, I'm trying to keep this back to being simple. So let's let's con- continue with the, the the example of instead of paying down more towards your house. You bought another one, right? Mm-hmm. To cash flow, rent out, and all that stuff. Even if you stopped there, think about it this way. You're paying down your house. A lot of people say, I'm paying down my house because I don't want to pay my mortgage anymore. Or one day, I want to be mortgage-free, right? And then I ask them, have you ever looked at your mortgage statement? You know, say you're paying 1400 a month. And then, and then you look at it, and you're like, oh, well, 400 of this is taxes. That's not going away. If you find a way to do that, we'll have a different conversation. But your taxes aren't going away. They're going up. Your insurance isn't going away. It's going up over time, right? So about a third, in most cases, more than a third, Mm -hmm. halfway to a little bit more, um, is things that aren't going to go away when you pay down that house. You put all this extra money, a thousand bucks extra a month over 10, 15 years to pay down this house. And now your monthly cost on it has gone from 1400 to six, seven, eight hundred. It doesn't feel like a win. It's not going to feel like a win. It might, even if you would have at the beginning of that bought one other house that is now cash flowing six to eight hundred a month, and that cash flow alone off just one other house now covers that cost, and you have two houses appreciating without actually. I mean, you know, this is this is only over one over ten years. You know, we could we should be talking about fifteen twenty or whatever, but that is the the reality of it. Is you know, time value of money is talked about as something that you use in consideration in investment and financial decisions. You should be making that same, you know, you shouldn't be deciding to pay off your house without knowing why you're doing it and what that means. I think most people, Kyle, specifically paying off your house, since that's what we're talking about, I think a lot of people do that because that's what their parents taught them they needed to do. Our previous generations were really averse to risk um, coming out of a depression era and world wars and things that were, were pretty big, right? Well, and there's, there's very big macro factors to that. And I, you know, I don't want to bore everybody, but, you know, interest rates at one point you know, like with yeah. their parents and stuff, we're in the teens. I mean, we were talking about 19% on a mortgage, but also home values were a lot more comparable to, you know, wages. You know, uh, uh, you could make $50,000 a year and your house was only 70, 80,000. You know, it came somewhere close to your annual income. It doesn't come anywhere close these days to most people's annual income and interest rates are lower. So you want to get into even bigger factors. The national debt we now have means that we'll never Mm. get back into the teens for mortgage rates because of things I'm not going to get into, but you know, yeah, (laughs) there's government protection there with all this debt that would make it so they'll never, they'll never get that high again. So um, that, but that, you know, our, your parents, I should say, <laughs> were trying to avoid or they're trying to get out of that high interest as quickly as possible in a realistic 
in a realistic manner to being well, able to pay off sixty to seventy thousand dollars. That's house. what I'm getting at, and you're describing all the reasons why. And I guess what all I'm saying is the symptoms of of those times and the 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 economic factors that came to play at that time. The the symptom was the mindset that came out of that was I need to pay this house down as fast as possible so that. When I pass away, my wife doesn't have to worry about it. When we retire, we don't have to worry about it. So that when the kids end up with it, they don't have to worry about it. Those are the things. We don't think about things in those terms anymore. Mm-hmm. We just don't. Well, it's all complicated. It's came a lot more complicated ever since then. And, it, you know, that, that happen, markets do that intentionally, right? They, if everybody understood fully how all the markets work, then they'd work a lot differently. Um, but... You know, jumping back to what you said, a lot of investors like to sit on a lot of cash. Like, let's just talk about, say, you're two hundred thousand dollars sitting in a in a checking account, not doing anything, right? Well, nothing does nothing, <laughs> which is a weird way to put that. But your money doesn't. You know, p- people think that your money just sits can sit there in a checking account and do Somebody, nothing. It's, somebody's using it. Somebody's using it for one. You're losing it for two. The bank's making money on it. The, yeah, the bank's using it to go loan to other people so they're making interest where you should be but you know a big big topic right now is inflation the inflation number last month 9.1 percent investors sitting on cash should be looking at that's how much they lost since last year that two hundred thousand lost 9.1 percent of its buying power when it could have made eight percent for example if it was invested properly and just throwing an average number out there at eight percent you compound negative 9% and 8%, you know, we got, you really lost, you you missed out on an 18% gain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. an 18% gain from where you are now after waiting. But even if it's not 18%, okay, so that was extreme. So let's say it's a normal 5 to 8%, which is about normal in, in our market anyways. Same, same, same conversation, right? Same, you, you make the same argument. It's easy to make that argument with 18%. All I'm trying to say is if things aren't as crazy as they've been and we're and it's a normal market kind of like where we're headed now where we are then isn't it doesn't those economic factors still they're still in play at 5% or 8% let's say appreciation you still want to be in as soon as possible. You want to be in that property as quickly as you can because it's going to be cheaper today than it will be tomorrow, period. Mm-hmm. Always. Now versus later. That's what we're talking Dave about. Dave Ramsey's here. touting that a lot right now. Best time to buy is right now. Best time to buy in the next five years is one of his uh, one of his big quotes that he's touting a lot, and that is now mm-hmm. because it's not going to get cheaper. Okay, so let's 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 use another example and make it simple. Because I mean, we there's this can be applied a lot of places. It's not just real estate, but if you don't consider it in every financial decision that you make, you know, in investing, and especially with homes, they're they're not small purchases. Um, then you're doing it wrong. So it's a tool in your tool chest that you should know about and and make sure to use. So like, the here's the example of: Do you want a million dollars today? Or a million dollars over 10 years. You know, we've heard that. Or even like like the lotto likes to do, right? They like to offer you more money over 10 years. So they don't have to give you a lump sum or, or is it less money? I don't know. But, yeah, there's tax implications yeah. for that too. But e- either way, 
if we took a million dollars today, you know, the, the answer is a million dollars today, mm-hmm. to be clear, right? But if you took a million dollars today and mm-hmm. over 10 years' time compounded at 6%, right, you could you could easily invest a million dollars to get you at least a 6% gain annually. You mm-hmm. should be getting more than that when we talk about real estate and everything, but let's be very conservative and say 6% over 10 years. $1.8 million is so what mm. that will be after 10 years. Mm. If you would have taken the million over 10 years, you wouldn't just not have had a million to spend. You would have had 100000 and a lot less. Every year you would have got 100000 And less opportunities. Because you don't have anything to leverage, right? Like, like if I take that million dollars, I can now go buy a business or a house or do something that, that will make me more money if I'm taking $1,000 a month over 10 years. I don't know what that number is. I can't do as much with that $1,000 a month. No, you can't. And, you know, you, we, the I word, inflation over 10 years. At the end <laughs> of that 10 years, the million dollars you could have had 10 years ago is worth significantly less now. Yep. You know, instead of being worth significantly more. Especially if it's being invested in an appreciating asset. Appreciating asset. What are appreciating assets, Kyle? What's a good example of an appreciating asset? Tangible assets, assets, you know, commodities, real estate, you know. Real estate. Real estate is go. the one. But, you know, you ask, you know, it's, it's been the conversation lately is you know, ask all the billionaires and all the rich people, what what do you do in an inflationary environment? You own assets. It's a very simple answer for them mm-hmm. is you need to own things. You need to own assets, tangible things mm-hmm. um, that go up in value. Because, um, you know, can your home go to zero? No, you can't. Nope. No, because even if you let it deteriorate, you still have the land. They don't make more of that. Even if the dollar goes to zero, your house <laughs> is going to be worth something. People yep. are going to be, you know, we're, we're going into people, bartering territory here. To, yeah, people need to live somewhere. In yep. the apocalypse, your house is worth something. You know, in yep. any, give me a scenario. If this property and land would be worth something to somebody. You should, yep. Hopefully you. Yep. But <laughs> yep. I, I feel um, you. So if somebody asked you tomorrow, if would you rather have a hundred dollars today or a hundred and fifty dollars in a year, what would you say? A hundred dollars today. Do we need to explain give it to why? me? No, you just did. A <laughs> million dollars. You just did the math for us because if you do now, the hundred and fifty dollars or a million and a half dollars in ten years, we either of those examples. The only reason why somebody would do that is because they don't trust themselves to do the things we're talking about doing. It's execution based. Yep. You know, it's, it's why it's, a, I called it a, a tool of consideration, not just a flat out, you know, your $100 were 100% be worth more. I don't mean, who knows what you do with it? You could go blow it all in a day. Maybe that was a stupid decision. Yeah. Well, the reality is there's a very small percentage of the people that have generational wealth on the planet. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that is, is not because everyone can't do it, because everybody on the planet, well, okay. So most people that have the opportunity on the planet can do that, right? Um, but they don't do it because of that mindset that you just described. Yeah. I mean, it, you can you can take it all the way up to the top. You know, why do, why do like these valuable companies that make billions in profits every year, why do they have debt? Like, why does Apple have debt? Why does Google have debt on their books? Why would any of these companies have debt on their books? 
I feel like time value of money. Okay. Yep. Well, yeah. Because they are probably and, if they're paying six percent. Well, okay. There, there's <laughs> it's part of the time value of money. It's actually yeah. another tool for that. But we're not you know here to give advice on tax evasion. We are here to talk about <laughs> time value of money. But say Apple's paying a six percent on a on a bond that you know for a couple billion, but for a couple billion of investing in R and D or whatever they want, whatever they want to do with it, they're looking at getting a fifty percent gain on that money or a ten mm-hmm. percent gain yeah. or whatever. Throw a number out there; it yeah. beats six. They're not paying that off. That's yeah. that's all it is. You yeah. know, um, they're going to pay as little as they can because they're they're using other people's money. You know, right. I got you. Maybe they well. do it to make the shareholders happy too. But you know, there's. <laughs> All right, you just you just you just went over my head with Google. So so let's what what other Clearly, good? Because I was talking about Apple. Yeah, or <laughs> Apple. Yeah, Apple and Google. So what what other examples do you have of of where we use time value? We could talk about it in in rentals too, because it 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 does apply. Like say, you know, we, we we've had this issue surprisingly where an owner doesn't want to pay. Say, call it a three four grand repair bill you know hard to eat and let's use an extreme example so they'd rather sit on not rent it out for six months repair it themselves while they have time on weekends whatever you know to avoid that you know at the end of the day over six months they still spent call it 1500 bucks in materials or whatever because it still can't be done for free um you just gave up six months of rental income if that property was you know getting two should have been getting two thousand dollars a month every month you know over six months you just this twelve thousand dollars you didn't collect on that you could have by spending four thousand you know so that's an eight thousand dollar net and that's not even considering the mortgage payment that somebody could have been paying for you and now you paid out of your own pocket and in those scenarios it's money it's your spending money you know it's your monthly spending money. So this is a conversation that I'm extremely familiar with that I have with my owners all the time. And it's usually people that are used to doing things themselves, right? Mm -hmm. I was a do-it-yourselfer myself and I get it. I completely understand that mentality, but the do-it-yourself is, okay, it comes down to this simple, you're a contractor. I can paint that wall. It'll cost me a $25 gallon of, of paint and some brushes that I might have at home and rollers and, and some time, right? And some tape. Doesn't seem like a lot. But that contractor, I come to you as a contractor and I say, hey, what are you going to paint this wall for me for? And you tell me $1,000. Or maybe that's a little ridiculous. Maybe, maybe it's $700. And I'm thinking, well, it's going to cost me my time and less than $100 in materials to do that. Why would I pay you $700, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is what it comes down to and and my and my in in the example you just described was I would rather pay that contractor $700 a to get it done right and me not be able to worry about it so I can use my time to go make money somewhere else. That's a whole different conversation, right? Yeah, that's the time value of yourself. <laughs> yeah, time value of my time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but if I look at the cost, if, if it takes me, if I can get that done in a day, okay, by using the contractor for $700, but it's going to take me a week because I have to wait till the weekend 
to do it. And I'm going to spend two days doing what some guy would have done in four hours, right? Mm-hmm. And then I got to clean up and the things I didn't think about and all the other stuff that happens. It's going to be two weeks before that that house is ready. And I've just wasted two weeks of just cost of ownership and lost rent. So if we add all that up, I recently did this analysis for somebody. Want me to go through it real quick? Sure, yeah. So basically, the, we figured out the, her cost of ownership because she was trying to figure out whether she should continue doing this herself. She's got a whole bunch of little projects still need to be done. She can't wait for us to rent the home. It's empty. It's costing her money. Okay? So it's costing her $62 per day, I figured out. Okay? That's her her mortgage it was twelve fifty a month, I believe. Her taxes, insurance, and her utilities. Okay, and that was somewhat conservative. Sixty two, it might even be a little bit more than that. But that's what it's costing her every day that she owns it. Now, if I were to do this, I'd have it done in about four days, and probably rented within a week. So let's just say two weeks time. She's probably going to be working on this house for the next 30 days. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have it done in four days and rented probably somebody in it within two weeks. So for two weeks, that cost her $62 a day, but that next two weeks actually cost her another $65 a day because that's the lost rent. It's $125. So about 125 bucks a day is what it cost her to choose to do it herself. So how many contractors can you hire for $125 a day? Even in that example, you're that's valuing your time at zero. Yeah. That is valuing your own work, good, good sweat and tears at nothing. You, you it's not worth anything. <laughs> you we add that in? What do you think your you, you know, that's a good question to ask. What do you think your time is worth? Well, if you weren't doing this, could you be doing your actual job for, you know, whatever, however much you make? So, so in this example, let's just say this person is retired. Okay. And they really don't have any, their time isn't really worth anything in that standpoint because they're not doing anything productive to make more money. Right? Mm. Because you're right. It depends on who it is. If it's me and I'm painting that wall I am spending a heck of a lot more money because that time that I could be spending doing something else, I I make a lot of money per hour, per minute. Earning potential of your time. Yes. So every minute that I'm standing there holding a brush is costing me way more than it would cost to hire that contractor Mm -hmm. because I'm not doing the things that I am built to do to make, to build wealth for my family. Well, and it's amazing how you can have the same conversation from the other end to value the contractor's time and to, and to justify mm. the bill, you know? That's right. Um, take out all those costs, and now you have what the labor is, right? And you break that down. You know, how long would this take you? Oh, that would take me six hours. Okay, well, this guy's going to do it in two, but that's valued at what it would take you. So, you know, what is it? $300, $300 divided by six. You know, that doesn't seem like you're paying them that much. It's $50 an hour. So, 
you know, the those conversations justify bills all the time. It's funny. Know? It's pe- people get mad on how quickly it takes contractors to get stuff done, too. Well, and then you get, you know, let's, you can ask it a different way. How, how much would you pay to have, is this stressing you out? Because in most of these cases, mm. the person's getting stressed out, and mm. that's why they're doing this, right? So how much would you pay to alleviate the stress? Mm-hmm. Would you go, you know, after you're done doing this all yourself, are you going to go pay $300 to a massage therapist because you're stressed out and now you need to get rid of that stress? I mean, that's an extreme example, but it's oh, real. I've seen it. It's real. It's, I've seen it. It's real. And at the end of the day, wouldn't you rather your money just go towards no, the no headache? Where's that value? You know, that's why they hire property managers. That's why you hire a real estate agent. That's why you hire an accountant, you know, your CPA. Nobody wants to do taxes. <laughs> so it's just, it's just how you value it. So time value of time is, can be a whole nother thing, but the time value of money, money now is better than money later. Right. Did we kill that one? Yes, enough? sir. I, sh- I think we did. <laughs> I think we, I think we got it. So we're giving John a million dollars today. Or a million dollars. I'm taking it. I'm taking a million dollars today, and I'm going to buy a whole bunch of what stuff. What about with a it. million and a half in 10 years? I mean, let me try to bribe you. I'll give you a million and a half in 10 years. Nope. I want the million now. You want the million now? Because uh, let's take this. I borrowed a million dollars from you, and I'm offering to either give you a million and a half 10 years from now or a million next month. No, I want my million back. Yeah, because I'm going to make money off your million if you don't take it back, right? Right. Exactly. Money now. But I was thinking what, what stopped me was, you know, that's you basically... You wanted interest. <laughs> that's basically what banks do, right? That's basically how banks work. That's how they make their money. Well, yeah, they use the money that you give them now that you'll take back later. But truthfully, they just use other people's money. To, that's why they're... That's why they can do that and justify that because it's not really their money they're using. They're using the money that that two, that, that investor we talked about that has $200,000 sitting in the bank. They're using their money and lending it to somebody else and making a bunch of money off of it. It's not even theirs. So. Yeah. They're using your life insurance plans, your pension funds, and all that they're, stuff. But we won't get into any of, it, of that. All right, of so. all right. Let's wrap this up. My brain hurts. <laughs> And guess where the life insurance money is invested in? Real estate. So, <laughs> All right. We killed that one. Time value of money. Money now is better than money later. I'll fight you on it. But it's true. <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys have any questions or want to talk about the time value of money or want to start, you know, exercising that earning potential, mm. give us a call. 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email. At show me the, the money, money at wertpm.com. And we are out. Later.